When today's guest was a kid, he got the crap scared out of him at a haunted house. He loved that feeling so much, he turned it into a lifelong passion and a thriving business. That's coming up on today's episode of Punk Rock Business School. Hey everybody, Danny Thompson here, your host for Punk Rock Business School. Welcome to the first official full episode. I can't wait to get into today's interview with Ryan from Carnival of Horrors. It's really interesting stuff. I think you're going to love it. Thanks so much for checking out the show. For all you past Music Lesson Business Academy listeners, thanks so much for all the support, and I hope you enjoy the new show format. So now, this is going to be a little confusing for a few minutes. I mean, and by a few minutes, I maybe mean a few weeks. But anyway, if you're a new listener coming from outside of the Music Lesson Business world... If you go over to my website, musiclessonbusinessacademy.com, you can get a free course. Now, that course is called The Seven Levers to the Music Lesson Business. However, it's really adapted from The Seven Levers of Business, so it really applies to almost any business, and as we move through these episodes, I'll be referring back to that seven levers concept more and more. So do yourself a favor, go over there, get that free course, dig into it. You might find something right out of the bat that inspires you, that you apply to your business and helps your business do better. With that said, let's get into today's episode. All right, Ryan Pluta, welcome to Punk Rock Business School. How are you today, man? Awesome. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy New Year. We're recording on New Year's Day. Perfect. No rest. Got nothing else going on. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> uh, might as well get something productive done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, New Year's now, it's not like it used to be. I've Actually, I've never been a New Year's fan. I've never, like, I, I don't think I've ever woke up on New Year's Day, like, hungover or... I've always thought yeah. it was like a totally stupid holiday. So I, I like so, they got Twilight Zone marathons on that. Yeah, I watched TV but, with my dog last night, and then uh, who is in the background there? So you're in a really unique business. You're in the haunted house business, which you know when you hit me up on Facebook, I was like, oh, this sounds really fun and interesting. <laughs> you know, so why don't you give us a little background, how you got into it, and who you are, and how it got started, and tell us the story. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, when I was in high school, um, uh, I, I'll start right at the very beginning. How sure. I kind of <laughs> love with it all. It's pretty cool. So uh, friends, I, I was think I was about 14. Uh, friends, mom dropped us off at a haunted house and we went through, it was a smaller haunted house. So I think we we're probably in and out in like, you know, five, 10 minutes. Well, the mom went do some errands or whatever. So we were just kind of hanging around, you know, waiting. And the owner was like, Hey, do you guys want a job? I'm like, Sure. Heck yeah. You know, this sounds awesome. Um, so I, when I, by the time I got home, I, my mom said I could work there. So the next day 
drove me there. They put me in the chainsaw uh, guy uh, room, you know, like leather face chainsaw stuff. And it was the room that the night before I was crawling through that thing. I mean, I was frightened. Now all of a sudden I'm on the other side of this thing. You know, I've got the mask on, I've got the chainsaw and just fell in love with scaring the heck out of people. I mean, it was so awesome. And it was even cooler because there'd be people from school coming through that had no idea who I was. I scare them. And then I can I'll go to school and I say, Hey man, I heard you went to that haunted house. Are you scared? The guy's like, no. I'm like, Oh, I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> that, did it get old? I mean, like doing it, you know, for five hours straight or whatever, you know, for a month. Yeah. You, I mean, switch jobs within the, within the haunted house and be, you know what, being the, the chainsaw part, guy to the, you know, beheading guy or. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most part, at least that first year I was a chainsaw dude. I loved it. I mean, I was <laughs> there in the room. I wouldn't leave. And there'd be nights where it was really slow. Um, and I just remember I'd stare at this two by four on the wall that I knew as soon as somebody broke it, that was my time to jump out and scare. I mean, I had a whole system down. I mean, I took it really seriously. It was it sounds like it, it was That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then so, you know, the following year, I had the opportunity to help them set it up. So, you know, I worked, uh, I would have been, I think, in uh, 11th grade, probably at that point. And help them build it. And I remember building this really cool scare um, where, you know, it was this gorilla and he was sitting on this on this um, strobe light. And as soon as people would come, once he'd jump out, the light would come out. It would scare people. And I remember coming in, I don't know, after that, that room had run for, you know, a little while. And there was like a little red light hanging on it. That whole strategy of scaring everything, the owner just changed it for whatever reason. The room kind of sucked. So I was like, well... That's not cool. But I mean, I still loved doing it. I still did my chainsaw. I did bounce around some other rooms. So then I had this bright idea my senior year of high school that, you know, I was going to take night school for small business management and to pay for college, I was going to start my own very own haunted house. No idea what I'm doing, except for that I liked it. It was something I was interested in. So I took night school, um, worked at Taco Bell the other six days uh, to save up money for it. And then uh, found a campground out by where I live, out by Medina, Ohio, is where I grew up, and did my very first haunted house. I think we might have put 500 people through, you know, the whole year. Uh, but the way I kind of looked at it was, okay, now I paid for all my stuff. I own this. So I was looking for a better location uh, the next year, and I ended up at a place called Wildwood Water Park, which is no longer there. But it was a you know a summer water park. They had a lake, all this cool stuff, and so I would go in. And they had two pavilions there and build my haunted houses in there. And that's kind of when it really, when I really started turning it into a business to a certain degree. I mean, I was still a kid. I'm still working inside of this. You know, I mean, this is, you know, the advertising, you know, with the flyers I'd be making, you know, there was no computer graphics or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, we didn't even have an area code, you know, on, on our phone number for the information line. Uh, it was 1990, 91. That's how long ago it was. So I built it and started actually, you know, as opposed to just my friends working for me and helping me out was more, you know, now I started needing to manage people, but I'm still working inside it. So as the years went, went on, the event grew, became more successful. Um, you know, I kind of took over as, you know, really taking this as a serious business as opposed to a front project I'm doing to pay for college. Cause I eventually had, I graduated from college. I went, uh, got a few degrees in marketing and advertising, which was right up the alley to compete in this, you know, haunted house, uh, you know, world as competitive. It is out here in Ohio anyways. So um, I did my run at um, Wildwood Water Park up until 1997. 
And then there was a fairgrounds in Medina by us that was really much larger and gave me the opportunity to, to grow the event. So put that in, um, you know, built that, ran that for, you know, through 2000. And then, you know, long story short, I, I come in after their fair, after our county fair. And, and in 2000, there was E. coli in their water. I get shut down after six days. So now it's now the whole business ends coming in. Uh, I had to suffer through that, get started back up the next year. Um, then a year after that, some kids came, broke in and burned everything I owned to the ground in 2002. Oh so in a roundabout way story, where I'm at now is a place called Blossom Music Center. It's a large, like 23,000. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so that's where my haunted houses are. So if you remember that and then the stage, uh, you know, on a, the, the stage down at the bottom of the grass bowl, there are a bunch of buildings up the top. So I come in and I put four haunted houses in there. Okay. Um, is, is where we do it. So we go in, set it all up, um, design everything and then run it and then disassemble it. So, but like that being said, you know, all the other haunted houses in my area, the ones I grew up with, the ones that, you know, are popping up around me, they're all just kind of warehouse buildings where they're, they're more focused on set design, um, in, yeah. in my mind. And what I grew up with is just, everything is scare first. You know, I'm going to look at this, how do I scare you? That's what I went for. That's what made me I fall mean, in love with it. And that's my yeah, crap. we might be, I, I'm, I'm probably a little older than you, but I grew up in the Midwest, you know, outside mm -hmm. of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, so I remember going to the haunted house, you know, and I, I don't know how young I, I wasn't probably too young, maybe in junior high or something when I went to that's the first perfect one. age, but you know, definitely I remember going in and during high school, you know, mm -hmm. And so back then, I feel like I remember them being like in an actual house or what, you know, like I always wondered about that because we pull up, you know, and there'd be lights shining on that house. And it looked like, wow, where'd they like they found an old abandoned house or yeah. something for. And it was that added this extra creep factor. But what I remember back then in these haunted houses were lots of pitch dark hallways that were super tight that you had to basically like feel your way along and then you know sometimes you'd have to get down and crawl or whatever and and then you'd go into some room and and man i just remember them being freaking terrifying even in high school you were like kind of nervous you oh, know? Yeah. even though you're like okay i know it's not really monsters but some dude's gonna jump out at me when i'm not expecting it and you know and i think people in general like the confined spaces and all those kind of things. Now it seems like, you know, now out here in California, like the big thing is to go to not scary farm. You know, they take yeah. not scary farm, turn it into not scary farm, yes. like yep. two months. And it's really cool. It's an amusement park. The whole thing is like filled with fog, you know? So it does take on a really cool vibe to walk around. It's not particularly scary in any way. Either. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of, you know, I agree with you there. I mean, um, you know, the atmosphere, just even pulling up to the place. Yeah. Um, you know, at Blossom, you know, we were out in, you see how big that place is. I mean, it's yeah. just, you're outside. But the atmosphere going into the haunted houses is exactly the same type of thing I grew up with. Scary. It's dark. You know, now I think the industry has shifted an awful lot more to really cool looking animatronics, yeah. you know, things that are really lit up and they're cool. But I don't need a $10,000 prop that's not scary that just kind of 
moves around. I mean, that's, that's not our thing. Our yeah. thing is scare. You know, I, I want to scare people while it, yes, it's easy to scare junior high and high school, and, <laughs> but I'm looking to scare somebody like you. I mean, I yeah. get you really, really good once I did my job, you know, <laughs> and that's really the goal there. Yeah. Um, I love that. You're so into it. Straight up scare. It's really um, cool. Let me, let me, ask, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I got plenty of time. What are the legal implications or requirements? Like, is it regulated heavily or not so much or? Yeah. You know, it's funny. So when I first started, like I said, when I worked there, I was running an electric chainsaw plugged into who knows what standing on <laughs> straw, you know, like the, the biggest tinderbox on planet earth, <laughs> right. what I worked in um, now, you know, and, and I, I kind of think I saw even our industry changing after, and I don't remember what year that was a great white had some pyrotechnic show in a club. Right, and right. I think just the entertainment um, you know, entertainment industry in general kind of changed a little bit from regulations, which is good. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's, re it's very well regulated as far as fire marshals, you know, I'm, I have a very close relationship with the fire marshal, um, walk him through everything, show him what we're doing. I mean, the exits have to be, you know, within a hundred walking feet, I have to have a fire evac system temporarily installed in everything. So safety is a big, big issue. Um, so as far as regulations now, as far as how you can and cannot scare people in there, not yeah. so much. I mean, we've got obviously our waiver that, you know, is on the back of your ticket and at the front of all our houses and says, hey, here's the stuff that's going on. Can you deal? I mean, I, I've, you know, we see people flying out the very first emergency exit scared to death. Yeah. And we'll try and walk them over to the woods, which is the next event or whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, ours is an in your face type of thing. And you know, we try to keep everybody safe, our actors safe, et cetera. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to control customers, sure, but sure. as far as regulations and safety and all that, the industry to 30 years ago, or even more than that to what it is now is night and day for sure. Yeah. I, 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 I certainly remember in the old days, you know, it, 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 when we were in high school, at least it wouldn't have been uncommon to have, you know, drank quite a few beers before showing up and, you know, oh, yeah. imagine it, it kind of lends itself a little bit to that type of mentality from people like yeah, uh, that still happens little... today for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We gotta yeah, yeah, we'll have to, you know, find people in line, you know, and say, all right, these people look like they might be trouble. We'll yeah, you know, I'll, we'll send people through, not ruining their show, but just kind of keeping an eye on the people we identify. After, you know, 30 years, you can kind of tell who the troublemakers may or may not be. Yeah. Um, with that. But you know, for the most part. I'm not out to ruin anybody's fun. Just don't mess my stuff up and my people. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I would worry about. You know, somebody going off on, you know, the 16-year-old kid that's working for you and stuff. Yeah. Uh, is there? Is it an organized industry? Like, do you go to a Las Vegas conference for haunted houses? Is there kind of like an inner? Yeah. You know, there's all these industries that you're not familiar with. And then you've, you know, for example, like I bought a photo booth a few years ago and I started to, you know, we're building a little offshoot from our music factory music school where, you know, we do photo booth rentals. And as I was buying the machine and I think it was the guy I was getting like the, the, the printer ribbons and paper from me. He's like, Oh, are you going to the blah, 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 blah. I forget what the name of it was conference. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. You know? And he's like, Oh yeah, there's a big five day conference in Vegas and it's the yeah. whole photo booth industry. And I'm like, really? I didn't know this thing was like, 
a thing. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. This thing is yeah. huge, dude. There's, he's like, there's guys that own 300 photo booths that make, you know, $20 million a year and just doing photo booths. I'm like, oh, it's a whole industry with a whole, you know, a whole program. Is there something like that for the haunted yeah. world? Actually, there absolutely is. And, and, you know, when you mentioned Chicago, the original um, haunted house conventions that I went to in the 90s, uh, it was in Chicago at the Rosemont. Uh, Rosemont Horizon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was. For anybody listening, if you've listened to the Scorpions, the Big City Nights music video that showed the Rosemont Horizon. That's oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know the place. I know the place very well. But, you know, we would go there and. Sorry, like Speedwagon and uh, 38 Special there, freshman year in high school. <laughs> I know them well. I've got their vinyls sitting in the, sitting over right, right behind this uh, computer. But um, yeah, so so what that started out, it was kind of a um, a a costume shop slash haunted convention in the beginning. You know, they would have Ruby's costumes and these big guys that would meet all their vendors that would go out and you know to the costume shops. But then they also started having a Halloween haunted house section where this is where I started seeing the animatronic props and things like this starting to, to come into play and some of the, the bigger high ticket items. But normally what we would go for is we just look into see cool stuff, right? And then take something that we saw there and turn it into our own cool room. Like I saw just a, a bubble machine, right? And took that and figured out a way to turn that into a high scare room. You know, so we always go there looking for one big idea, but it's huge. I mean, they have one in Dallas, uh, you know, obviously this past year that they were canceled, the uh, Chicago one has moved to St. Louis now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the haunted houses, those are big, big business now for sure. Is there, um, is there any kind of awards or is there like a, do you know of like what's considered to be each year, like the best haunted house in the country or anything like that? There's yeah, there's a lot of groups who go around, you know, and they'll say, hey, I'm, you know, with so-and-so and we rank haunted houses. Can I come through for free? So there's all kinds of those types mm -hmm. of actions. A lot of those are pay to play. Hey, you know, give me a grand and I'll put you on the top haunted house list of X, like a legitimate one where everybody's went to how many thousands oh, of these things okay. exist. I don't know how they really know. I mean, you know, we're our main and, and a lot of people who do this, it may be like national honors or things like that matter to them. Yeah. You know, locally, we just want to make sure we've got a good rep because that's what pays the bills getting, getting, uh, you know, all the local people coming back and then, you know, new people coming in and, you know, making sure they had a great show from start to finish. But, but there are those lists out there for sure. Yeah. So without, you know, disclosing any like financial information that you'd be uncomfortable with, sure. is it something like, is it a full-time thing can you make enough money in you know in that time frame you know that month-long period or whatever that a haunted house runs and that's it for the year you could i mean i don't and and people ask why do you have a regular day job i go this year is a pretty good example of why you yeah. know you never because you never know what can go wrong there's a few things that can mess you up taking covid completely out of it that's yeah um but weather is huge. You know, um, mm. I could do everything, get our ad campaigns, click in our shows. Great. Our actors are awesome. And it monsoon rains in Ohio. Like it likes to every other day. So yes, you can. And we've, we have great years, but it's the weather factor can kill a year. You can, you know, you can swing from a really great year to, okay. Um, I hope I'm going to make my money back, you know, type of a right. year. 
Right. Um, so it's, it's high risk, high reward, the way I look at it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's totally different thing for like, you know, again, a Knott's Berry farm, which is again, in normal years, a year round amusement park. They're just all yeah. what they do, you know, for a month and a half or whatever, but there's, and then they add that in there. Yeah. That's it, it's, it's just kind of a different marketing campaign basically for them. But whereas, you know, going in, you know, and just, doing that one big push give us a, a, a kind of a, a look at what you know if, if the haunted house is going to be october 1st to the 31st mm-hmm. when you start kind of the you know the process of putting it all together of the the marketing and the the facebook and instagram yeah. campaigns the hiring of people and the training and you know how does that all kind of unfold yeah, I mean, typically, you know, it, it all starts with, you know, in the beginning of the year, working with, of course, like I said, the industry has evolved with my architect, putting all of the, um, all the, you know, the building plans and all of that together, um, and then working with the, the fire suppression group to get all those plans in there. So I have to get the plan submitted to Summit County, which is, you know, the county we work with here, uh, for approval. And then all that's got to go through. And while that's happening, that's, so I usually start on that about, April, I want to say. I was going to say that could take months, right? To get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like any surprises or things running late. You know, I, you know, it's stressful enough to do this thing. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah. And then, you know, we, we start working on, you know, this general ad campaign, um, getting, getting all our ducks in a row to pull the trigger on all of that. Um, Getting, starting to plant the seed for hiring, which is one of the more difficult things because I'm hiring people to do a 15 day run. That's it, you know. Um, so I have 15 days to make this whole investment back. Um, so it, we get all the timing set, we get everything, you know, um, ready to go. Why, Mark, why only 15 days instead of a little? Um, I used to be re- open um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some haunts were open during oh, the week, but right, right. you know, the way I look at my particular business model, once I open, you know, for the evening the expense meter of a hundred employees, box office people, parking people, you know, it just start, you know, electricians. Uh, I have medic medical, uh, people on, on staff. So, so I how, tried, I how started many people are there on an evening when you're running, when this thing is open, from, like operational staff. Yeah. yeah I mean, at from least, just at like, least I'd I mean, say about a hundred, including actors. Oh my God. Know? Yeah. And you know how many we were there in 1990? I don't know. There was a, some of, some of my friends, you know, it was funny yeah. how, <laughs> kind of taking a leap back 30 years when, when I did it, I'm like, I told my friends, I go, I don't know if I'm going to make any money. You know, if I do, I'll split it with you and pay you guys. Do you mind helping me out here? Yeah. So there'd be nights where we had like five of us. And yeah. the way I had that haunted house constructed was I had rooms in the front, then a maze and then rooms in the back. You had to get through the maze. And I still have that to this day, but if I didn't have enough people and we were slow in the beginning, we would run the front, get people in the maze then we'd run around to the back, jump in those other rooms, give them the signal to let them out, out of the maze, and then we'd scare them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Far cry from, yeah, far cry from those yeah. days. But that, that was a lot of fun. So I worked inside with it too. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So, and then, uh, all right. So you're, you're, you're getting your advertising started. When, when do you start hitting, you know, when yeah. the ads and whatnot hit, hit the. Yeah. Hit I the typically TV. start salting the market with social media uh, in September. Uh, as far as, you know, coming soon, when we're open, all of that, you know, the big marketing wheel really starts the week prior because people are, 
what I've found in this industry are making their decisions on the fly. You know, when they're going to go there, it's not like the old days where they would make sit there and plan all week long, which haunted house they're going to go to. Um, so I'm trying to get my media weight really, really heavy right when we start and really heavy on the weekends as well, just a nonstop uh, media campaign. But as far as, you know, once all that's set up, once everything goes through the city, we've got our plans, I've got all my permits, you know, I've got all this, you know, fun stuff. Labor Day every year is the day we start building, you know, in September. So we will, you know, once everything's set and we have our opening date, everything's ready to roll. We already have started hiring people by then. Uh, we'll roll in with a couple semi-trailers where we store all of our equipment, unload everything on Labor Day, and then, you know, seven days a week, start building. You know, hopefully there's some cool concerts going on. We get to build around and check out. <laughs> that could be worse. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we start building all four of those haunted houses. I have to have it done at least a couple days before uh, opening because then the city building inspector, the fire marshal, everybody's got to come through test all the security systems out and everything before I get the open. So that's always a real fun day for me, but you know, I, Sounds I work really closely stressful. with them. <laughs> What's that? I mean, it really does sound stressful, you know, when there's those yeah. timelines involved and it's like one wrong thing, you know, those setbacks. I mean, I'm sure on the other end of it, when that last day happens and it, you know, you, you're like, all right, that, that was it. And you've pulled it off. It's gotta be tremendously yeah. rewarding. It's then. awesome. Like I said, you know, every, you know, I've got probably about four or five core people who helped me build the thing. Um, and then once, once we opened, you know, those same people run each one of the, you know, the events, we've got the makeup room people who, you know, get everybody in character and all that good stuff too. But, you know, building the haunted house is fun. It's kind of like goes back to just me and my friends building something cool and it's a big team effort you know we'll all just kind of decide on how we want to change things up every year um you know where the scares coming from all that cool stuff it's awesome but then the payoff is once we open watching every, all of our hard work for that whole entire yeah. year and watching people come through and just having a blast you know watching how scared they get all that cool stuff i mean that that's the payoff for me of course yeah you're doing it to make money but you just don't do a business to make money you gotta love it uh, at least I think so anyway. You know, do you know some of like uh do you have like what you would consider repeat like fanatic type haunted house people, you know that are like oh, yeah. every year we're coming, we come five times, you know, they maybe yeah. um they travel like you said, you know, they maybe they hit, you know, a tri a tri-state area or something and they're like we're we're like haunted, you know, haunted house addicts. Like this is a oh. thing for us. Is that a is that a, a That's group? a huge they have a Facebook yeah, group? People, <laughs> people will come from all over the place, you know, and then they'll try to hit a bunch of them. I mean, that's what we did when we were kids too. We try to hit a few. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, we've got people I mean, once I start recognizing people that I see in line or something, it's pretty crazy cuz you know, on, on a really really busy Saturday, we could put 3000 people through. Um, and then, you know, obviously we don't close, we stopped selling tickets at midnight, but, um, it's pretty, pretty big deal, but yeah, people are fanatical about it, you know, and they'll you wait in that selling tickets at midnight and put people, how, what, when do you shut it down? Sometimes like, it'll be 2am when we wow. get everybody out there. Cause yeah. here's the thing too. I'm not going to herd people through like cattle. Like they paid, I want them to get the experience I want them to get. So we're still going to space those lines out and space those groups out so that you get your experience no matter what time it is, if it's 2 a.m. or, you know, 7.30 p.m. when we actually open. So that's really important to us is the experience. And that's kind of why we also, how we build it, you know, we have four of them, like I said there, 
each one of the four is a completely different thing than the other. Um, our first haunted house we call the fun house. I mean, Carnival of Horrors is the name of the uh, name of the business. So, you know, I took that clown theme and I ran with it, you know, not overdoing it, but you know, if that's something I could own, I did it. So, yeah. you know, we have the fun house, which is a really high intensity strobe lit type of scare chainsaws, all that awesome stuff. And then after that, we have the woods uh, that we call the wicked woods. And basically I was thinking about it because I've been through woods, haunted house, you know, trails, you know, in the past. And you're kind of walking by and you'll see a scene where there's a witch brewing a pot or some stuff and somebody runs out. I'm like, you know, that doesn't ring true with me. I mean, Blair Witch Project type of mental games, I think, uh, are a bit more what I was thinking when I designed our woods. So what we do is I don't have all those choreographed scenes and things out there. I'm like, each group, here's your crappy little flashlight. You know, it kind of works, hopefully. Um, <laughs> all right, go find, go find your way out. And there's a whole bunch of people in there waiting to scare you. You know, good luck. And then that's how I run that. So there's no, you don't know where people are coming from. Yeah. You know, there's trees, awesome. all kinds of awesome stuff, that you know, cool. <laughs> yeah. Designing it's fun, you know, and then the, you know, the third one, it's, we call it the insane asylum. It's kind of just like a chaotic cage maze where people got to find their way out, run around in circles, strobe lights, you know, loud music, you know, crazy people running around. And then the last one we did is called uh, freak show in 3d so basically we give everybody walks in 3d glasses which is pretty cool so the floors the walls everything the you know the paint once you put those 3d the people in there 3d glass on it just creates an, a really unique experience so um Sounds again great. everything's I haven't, a anything, I haven't been to anything like that and for you know ever really yeah. you know other than those haunted houses i did as a kid and then you know going to not scary farm which is really like yeah. eh, it's okay cool. you know uh, we talked a, a little bit before we started recording kind of some of the differences in how you compete with like the full-time, you know, haunted house, bigger corporate kind of adventure yeah. versus what you do. And, and I, I mean, definitely I can t tell, and I'm sure anyone listening can tell that you put a lot of personal passion, you know, and excitement and love for what you do into this, the, just the entire process from start to finish and how you think about it. Um, expand on that a little bit more, like what we were kind of talking about, how, how you differentiate yourself from those, you know, full-time haunted houses. Yeah. Like I said, you know, we, we have about a month, you know, to actually construct it. So our goal isn't, you know, how cool, you know, this, these super sets and things are, we'll make the sets cool. But our goal, everything we do when we go in there is like, it is all about the scare. You know, what sets us apart is that scare strategy. You know, we're not into trying to wow people with all the cool stuff we have or the expensive props. That's not scary to me. It wasn't how I fell in love with haunted houses as a kid, the same things you went through. Yeah. You know, what they really were at their core, why are people going there to get scared? I don't want to send somebody to a museum to look at cool stuff. <laughs> I want to send them to a haunted house that they've got you know, a limited amount of time to go and get what they're looking for a safe environment to get sure. the heck scared out of you multiple, multiple, multiple times. So I, and, and I think taking that strategy in when we walk into a room as we're building it, it's like, okay, I'm a customer. I just walked in. Where is the scare? How do I hide these people? Where can I hide somebody? So they jump out and scare them and then get into their act. I mean, that's always the number one thing is a scare. Um, like I said, that's, it's called a haunted house. That's what people are looking for. <laughs> That's awesome. But for in order for us, yeah, but like you said, so in order for us to compete with the big, 
you know, huge warehouse, corporate haunted house. I'm just a, you know, a, a normal dude who's been doing this for a long time. Um, I think that's what sets us apart. I, it, it, that scare strategy got lost somewhere, you know, somewhere over the years with, you know, fancy props and lighting. I mean, because think about it. When you have a scene with cool stuff you spent a lot of money on, you're going to put a lot of light on it to kind of show it off. We keep our stuff dark. Strobe lights, you know, I want you to feel like you're you know, walking down a scary dark hallway, you know, like you, when, you, when you were a kid or anywhere or just a dark alley. I mean, I kind of th- always say, what's scarier at night, walking through a pitch dark alley or one with a whole bunch of security lights on it? You know, it's it's yeah. a psych- psych- psychological mood, I like to say. Yeah, I love it. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, before we talk about marketing stuff, um, how did you do? You know, what happened this year with COVID and everything for you? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because the the music venue that we have it at um, at, at Blossom Music Center. You know, when I talked to them, they hadn't even they had, and I was kind of just waiting it out a little bit, just kind of see is this going to go away? Is this going to yeah. be a thing? You know, what's nobody knew in the beginning, kind of that if we well, still need a big this. challenge for businesses. It's like you just yeah, you don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I talked to them, they hadn't even, you know, hadn't even dewinterized, you know, their, their water pipes and all that stuff because, you know, concerts of the size that they had, there's no way that was happening. I mean, I, we can't even get, you know, little concerts like at a place like the grog shop around us, you know, to, to even operate. So, so while, you know, working with the, you know, the board of health, you know, et cetera, I had the opportunity to open. I mean, I could have opened, but now I'm starting to think about one, am I going to, first of all, I'm going to just take 50% of my potential customer base and cut that. And just, that's it. They're gone. Yeah. Now, can I operate this show? The expenses aren't going to be any less. I mean, unless I cut some of my marketing budget out, but my rent is my rents. You know, the employees get paid, you know, employee wage. I'm not going to put half a show on um, construction, cost construction, blah, 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 down the line. And you know, from a financial standpoint, it didn't make sense to start out and then it could rain every day. Um, you know, so there's a lot of risk there. Then there was the safety factor. Okay. You know, on a busy night, me and three uniformed officers are are scanning the line, making sure people don't cut in line. Now am I going to have to start breaking up fights because somebody's not wearing a mask or this, or, or all of a sudden one of my actors tried to scare somebody and got too close to them. So yeah. now can I even make it scary the way that I like to, yeah. I'm not going to put a vanilla, you know, boring show on just as a money grab. I just, I saw no positives coming out of this, yeah. you know, from sense. safety, from reputation, I'm sure getting beat up on social media or Google or any of that right. kind or of stuff. being open and yeah. It, there it, they. It's a slippery slope. That's a slippery yeah. slope. You probably, you know, we're best served to just start thinking about next year, you know, and how you're going to come back with something, you know, even bigger and better. Uh, a question I, I was going to ask before. So do you just kind of rent that space from Blossom? They just yeah. That space. And like, uh, you know, are you kind of subcontracting some of their services, like the ticket booth or the parking attendance and stuff like that? Yeah, actually, that's I that's exactly that. how some of that works. So the box offices, you know, union box office, the same ones that do the Cleveland Indians and out here. Yeah. So gotcha. and then, you know, I'll, I'll subcontract their, um, you know, some of their people do the parking. So really the staff that I I mean, I, that I really manage is everything that operates the show. And then, you know, the staff that they have around for some of those other things I use. 
Um, gotcha. Okay. And we just kind of worked that all out into, you know, yeah. Interesting. What yeah. What's, um, what was your, as far as attendance at one of your haunted houses, what was the biggest year you ever had? Um, we put through about 20,000 people um, one year. And again, we're only open about 52 hours. So <laughs> for somebody crazy. like me, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's really and, good. Yeah. Like I said, you know, a lot of things got to happen. You know, obviously the show is always going to be the show, but weather needs to happen. I've had the Cleveland Indians go to game seven of the World Series yep. an awful lot on me <laughs> and always lose. And, I've, you know, in my regular advertising day job, I'd work with the Indians a lot too. And I'm like, I mean, you guys, you know how much money you cost me over the years? You owe me a World Series win. I've paid for it a lot, you know. Um, but, yeah, there's all those factors. But we can do really great. I, and I've got it built, or at least my business model is built, where I'm planning always on the worst year ever and yeah. making sure this year aside, which wasn't a year, um, that what I deem to be the lowest amount of attendance based on weather or outside factors I will still be able to pay everybody, still be able to cover all my expenses, get out, you know, with a little bit and just chalk it up and, and move on to the next year. I mean, you can't be around for 30 years and not yeah. plan for those types of things. So um, your non-haunted house related job is advertising and marketing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. so that's what I went to school. Yeah. That's what I went to school for. Um, you know, it, just, it has to help out that has to work nicely hand in hand. Tell, tell yeah. me about kind of your marketing strategy for the haunted house. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'll even start how it used to be. And it's yeah, kind of yeah, interesting sure. how the industry changed. So when I first started here, especially in the nineties, the Cleveland plane dealer was the paper out here. Yep. Right. And on Friday they had the Friday magazine and you had to have the biggest, coolest ad on that haunted house page to get any type of consideration. That was how you advertised, you know, through the nineties. Then obviously as newspapers dwindled, so, you know, online social media and all of that had, had come in yet to completely change the marketing strategy, you know, especially nowadays, you know, social media, Google search uh, is huge. Um, you know, we do an awful lot of television, cable television okay. and, and network out here. I mean, I have a pretty robust marketing schedule um, just knowing how competitive it is. Uh, you know, radio, lots of radio sponsorships. And what I also do is I have sponsors and the way I work my sponsorships with, you know, big grocery stores or gas stations or restaurants and things is, you know, I don't charge them. And what I, my goal is I'm going to advertise for people to come in to your stores to get my discount tickets. That is the only place anybody can get these. All I want is your real estate, and it's my goal to send them in for those discount tickets. And I've been doing that for right. years, and I think that's it works. Pretty, yeah, that's a pretty old, and I mean, I, I'm thinking back again to those days of, you know, go in the, you know, in the Midwest, you know, you'd go to the theme parks in the summer, you know, Six Flags, mm -hmm. Great Americas, and stuff like that. And that was always the thing. It was like, oh, go to Jewel grocery store and buy yeah. a pack of Coke because you got the discount price. Yeah, you know, we went to those stores. So that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That, yeah. And, it, you know, I don't have online discounts. It's literally, you know, they can only redeem a discounted ticket at the box office the night of the event. You know, I, I discount online tickets one dollar um, just to give people a reason to buy that. But, you know, if you've got a three dollar off coupon in your hand, you've got to redeem it there. But it's been 
been great. They push us. I mean, every single checkout aisle at, you know, restaurants or, you know, pizza places, any place I can get, you know, then, and I don't take competing or direct competitors anyways, try to be fair to my sponsors as well. It's kind of a win-win. I've built that up. Like I said, there's no money to exchange hands. It's just, you know, a contract. Sure. Uh, sure. Which helps. With, um, you know, like your social media ads, like what works for you on a, in a Facebook ad? Like um, video I have, or sorry, do you do a lot of video type of stuff? Yeah, I do a mix, a mix. So I've got one, you know, with, with our video is pretty much got our, our, you know, our, our current television commercial, um, that would be running and that video one, you know, we run through Facebook ads, uh, we'll run that pretty much nonstop. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll heavy up the weight, you know, on the weekends, uh, as far as budget, etc. Then we'll also do dailies, you know, like we're open this Friday. Here's this, you know, open Saturday and then push those out there um, as far as social media goes. And at the same time, we'll do contests, you know, share to win, you know, get the word out there. So I've got multiple post campaigns running at any given time. Uh, just, you know, in, in, in our I, I just basically have a geographic area, you know, and an age demographic. Uh, not so much, you know, people who like haunted houses, people like this. Because if you really took it, if you really looked at every people in my line, I wouldn't look at them and go, oh, those are haunted house fans. You know, it's right. Some, it's kind of hard. Or a family, you know, it's everybody, either they like it or they don't. So as far as targeting, I cast a wide net. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would guess. Do you, uh, so you know, like when somebody clicks on, you know, a typical Facebook ad for you, is it taking them right to um, to the website, to a ticket purchase? Are you trying to get, you know, a ticket purchase right there? Or do you kind of do some lead generation stuff where you're building a list and then retargeting those people throughout the length, you know, that your, uh, you know, business cycle yeah. is? So we'll run retargeting. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with the, the, the social media portion. That link, I want somebody to buy in the moment. I mean, I want that instinctive purchase. So I'm, I'm linking them out to the, the online purchase page. I mean, I'm not going directly to the actual purchase page, um, mm-hmm. which is outside of my website. Um, I, I put them right onto the, the actual purchase page where they can see their options. Gotcha. And it explains their options. So, I still want that little bit of an extra sales pitch to help push them over the edge. You're getting a deal, you know, all this good stuff. Uh-huh. And then they'll go in. And I've seen my online purchase numbers increase year after year after year. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as retargeting, so we'll do digital banners, right? Um, so we'll, you know, we'll do some geofencing of competitors, of movie theaters, of things like that. Enter- the entertainment dollar is my main competition I'm fighting after. So we'll, and, and then, so we'll retarget people who have done something where I deem they're a potential customer. And now I've got my cookie dropped on your phone. Now I'm, my banner ads are going to fall. And those still all go out to ordering. So that strategic part of the retargeting, et cetera, goes on. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you try to work or have you you know, done any types of campaigns really, you know, where you're sort of telling some of this story, like that, you know, the way that we're talking about it, you know, like I would think that maybe, I don't know, I guess maybe that might only hit like the heart again, the hardcore, like haunted house people, but you know, to hear the story and hear you talk about it, you know, and the way that you look at, what's important to that experience to the customer, just hearing you talk about it makes me want to go to your haunted house versus, you know, maybe that corporate 
you know, uh, you know, just sort of fly by night thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Is that, do you work that into your strategy? Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of live TV and radio interviews, you know, we've got all those set up and that gives me a bit more latitude to try to tell the story. And at the same time, you know, what I like to take that opportunity to do is also make, make sure that parents feel safe sending their kids to my event. Right. Um, because you know, I can't speak for other haunted houses. We do everything really safe. And, and that's, well, that's good for me. I still also pay insurance, et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) you know, and, 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 but, you know, I let them know it's safe, but then I also talk about where I came from. You know, I'm still a local guy. I've I've lived here my whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, this put me through college and then I just kept on doing it, um, for the love of it. And man, I can't tell you how many people, I'm just, I, it was funny. We were talking, uh, I was talking to one of my guys the other day and I don't remember why, but trying to think of how many people over 30 years have worked for me probably at some point, or <laughs> at the same time, what I think is cool is you, you remember going to that haunted house, right? Yeah. And that's a memory that's with you forever. How yeah. it scared you. How many of those memories for people have I built over the past 30 years? We're like, Oh my gosh, I went to that haunted house, scared the heck out of me. I mean, it, that stuff's cool. You know, yeah. I, I, I think that's it. really cool. Yeah. I mean, you're for, you know, as hard a work as it is, you're fortunate enough to be doing some, something that you really dig and you really love. And it's, you know, as stressful as it may be, I'm sure you still like, just get excited and look forward to it, you know? And yeah. People so always that, ask it, why I keep doing it. And I'm like, yeah. it's stressful, but man, it's just, I love it. I mean, I'm not burned yeah. out on it or anything. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's yeah. cool. So what, what's in store for 2021 because you, you yeah. got you're off to think about like making the best haunted house ever <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's funny because we always we don't everybody always asks and this is interesting everybody's everybody always asks me like so what's different this year that's always the first question people ask me i go well did you go last year <laughs> no I'm like well, why are you asking me this question so it's it, that's one thing that's always interesting so what we always do is we change some things up and we imp- continually improve the scare and, and what we see based on the previous year, what doesn't seem as working as well as it used to. But there's certain things that work really, really good. Now, while you get the hardcore people who come a lot, right? And But they're coming because they liked what, what we had to offer. And we have obviously lots of new people always coming experience it for the first time. So to change everything for the sake of changing or saying isn't a strategy that we use now, a lot of our competitors do is like, Oh, it's all different this year. I'm like, well, did it really suck last year? Why'd you have to change the whole thing? So we continually improve everything, um, you know, or we'll change where the scare comes from and makes the room. So next year, like, so we go into it, we got the four haunts. We look at two, maybe two events out of each of them to either just make new because what we've had isn't just isn't working or resonating as much as we feel it should. And we've got a heck of a better idea, you know, or we take something and rearrange it, or we just improve upon, you know, how that room and that scare was it. Like I said, it just goes back to analyzing everything we do and how do we have to we scare somebody like you or I, you know, I don't need to just jump out and have, say boo to some little kid. And that's, that isn't a challenge. You know, we challenge ourselves. So we're looking forward to all of that, you know, in the, uh, timeline that we were sort of talking about. Yeah. Do you get together like with a few other key employees or partners that you have? Do you guys do like strategy sessions or like, okay, everybody's got to bring five, you know, ideas to the table for what we're going to do for one of the haunts. You know what? 
it, it kind of happens while we're open or while we're building. So, oh, okay. you know, technically, while, so while we're building, we're kind of, you know, let's, let's start the year. So while we're open, you know, everybody who runs each of theirs and us, we're always talking. Usually at night, we're talking about all the cool scares and, oh, do you see this guy or that guy, you know, you know, at, at the end of the night, you know, when we're finally done and all the actors are gone. But at the same time, what we're talking about is ideas, you know, hey, you know, what if next year we do this? What if next year we do that? And we just start taking all those notes uh, while we're in the moment, living it. Because once we tear it down, I can't tell you how, how easy it is for us the next thing we're building and going, so what did we do? How did we do that last year? I don't remember. I'm like, it wasn't that long ago. All of us, we're all looking around, you know, it's standing there going, yeah. So we take a lot of good notes. We take a lot of pictures and videos. Okay. Uh, the idea is then, you know, over the summer, you know, et cetera, as we're really starting to get into planning mode, you know, before all the plans and everything are in there, that's when we make our changes. Now the changes on the plans are more of floor plan, you know, so, but what goes in those particular rooms is, can be different. I mean, like I took my kid to um, a, well, not this year, but a few years ago to Pittsburgh has like a, you know, a kid's world science center type of thing. And there was a room that was slanted, you know, 45 degree angle, everything. I walked through there with my kid. I couldn't even get through the room. I was peeled on the wall and they, and I tried to explain to all my guys. I'm like, let me explain to you how this thing works. So like, yeah, I don't, I'm not getting it. I don't, I'm like, trust me on this. Let's just build this thing. And, you know, I, I was almost going to send them all out to Pittsburgh uh, yeah. to just look at it. But I'm like, I took pictures. I got it. Trust me on this one. And we went through this huge elaborate room rebuild and everything. And once it was up, they're like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm like, <laughs> I told you, you know, but it's a team effort, you know, like I said, with all of us, I mean, everybody's got good ideas and the guys who run each of the individual four events, they're in there all the time watching how customers react more so than me, because I'm trying to run the bigger picture whole show. And I'll go through all the houses and, you know, see things for myself, but, you know, but putting in new stuff that we know is better than what we had before and awesome. That's, that's exciting. Then we sit around and play in the room while we're building it an awful lot. Too. <laughs> Let's see that 3d one with the second we're done with that. And I got all the black lights up. We're running around in there. Like we're just kids who've never seen it before. That's amazing. Checking all that stuff out. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. I, you know, I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, there's a real creative side to what you're doing for sure, which again, probably, works well with you know your other career of advertising and marketing of course you know but to have that outlet you know it's like writing a song or painting yeah. you know it's like thinking about in your mind okay how do i build this room how's it gonna flow what's the activities and what's gonna happen in here to create this crazy experience for people I, it's it's got to be again really rewarding to see it especially when it works you know yeah when you really know you nailed it, it's like, yeah. Oh, when you see people flying out that back door, just like, oh my God, I made it. I'm like, no, this is <laughs> That's, cool. I, the last question I was going to ask you, have you had anybody like really lose their shit and like yeah. complain or like, you know, like really? Well, lose I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times I will get, you know, it's interesting because it's like this weird fine line. I can smell bullshit a mile away. If some, you know, yeah. when people are complaining, either they showed up trying to get their money back on, but Usually the major complaint is like, he wouldn't stop scaring me. He's scaring me too bad, you know, and this and that, whatever. I'm like, why did you come to a haunted house? <laughs> it's a bizarre thing. I'm like, so then if he stopped scaring you, would you complain to me that he didn't scare you enough? I mean, whereas I'm like, 
then go to another haunted house the way I kind of look at it. I mean, but because people will lose their shit, you know, usually they don't complain. But if they're overly scared or too much, I mean, we have people that pass out all the time. We have to literally really? pull out. And oh, I got all the medics down there to Holy check them out. Crap. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. we drag people out all the time. They just or we get panic attacks. I mean, you name it. It's man. That's the video I put in my Facebook ad is the, the passed out person getting a medical attention. <laughs> Yeah, it's all, and I'm always like, should I call? I mean, because then it's kind of, I'm like always scared to call the, you know, the, because they, they have their, um, their cart, you know, the medical cart coming out. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to scare a thousand people in line on what the hell just happened yeah. in there. But at the same time, it's, yeah, it's kind of like one of, yeah, that's, does, a, it, make it, does it make them a little more scared? Like, right. Is this going to be bad press and bad advertising? Yeah. Or is this going to be the thing that makes a bunch of people be like, you got to go to this? I saw this yeah. lady passed out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, and usually it it happens in the beginning of the first house. The first emergency exit door is literally in full view of the uh, of the line of the people that are closest to getting in. And I always find that funny. Either we pull somebody out there because they just passed out or people just come flying out of there like, no, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And it's just like the The other people in the line are like, I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it, that's the same when you're waiting in line for like the crazy new roller coaster. That's yeah. the same feeling, right? Is like you're watching it, and the closer you get to, you know, the front of that you're line, tension level starts to go up. You know, and you're yeah. telling your it's the same psychological thing. You're like, it's crazy safe. There's all this testing. I know it's a fake haunted house. Like, what you know. It doesn't matter psychologically. You just can't control those those feelings, and and yeah, but that's what we're paying for, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like I said, that's why I want it to be scary. And it's interesting you mentioned you know waiting in line because you could wait in line for several hours on a busy night. And my thought on that too is okay. I have actors up and down that line, roaming that line, keeping people entertained nonstop because to me. I, I want to manage people's expectations. If you wait for four hours to go into something, like you're never going to meet those expectations. If they yeah. sat there bored for four hours, I don't care what you have. But right. if you keep it entertaining, you, everybody's watching the people who get scared in line, you know, get scared and having a good time. And, you know, then that, that, that wait doesn't it seem as long. You've already, it's part of the experience. Your sure. experience right. already started. Right. Um, and so psychologically, I think that that helps as well. But at the same time, they see what these people look like. And these are some of my good guys. You know, I've got rolling this line that are really good at scaring and messing with people. And I'll sit out there and watch that, too. Sometimes it's pretty funny. You saying that it reminds me uh, I'm going to I'm not going to remember the name of this book. Um, I'll, I'll try to put it in like the show notes or something. But it's like find your yellow tuxedo or find your yellow suit or something like that. But it's a guy um, who purchased a baseball team. And mm-hmm. it's not, I want to say, I don't know if it's a collegiate level team or like the lowest level pro team, but he bought a baseball team and stadium and everything, you know, and it, it was a fledgling operation and he's turned it into a thing. It's, it's pretty famous at this point because their tickets are sold out like a year in advance. Oh, wow. Stadium is full all the time. And he basically did it through Mark, you know, through like circus, you know, level marketing. So they do all kind of crazy events as part of the games. But what you were talking about there about the experience starting in the line, that's kind of what they do. It's like from the minute your car 
gets to the very first checkpoint in the parking lot, uh-huh. we have it all planned out. Every bit of that experience. There's all kind of goofy shit that happens or weird yeah. events that happen before you even get from car into the stadium there might be something going on right in front of the stadium that's like super wacky and crazy and he's turned it into a thing where like i said it's sold out the entire season is sold out every year in advance and i think he's bought a second team but really in you know really creative and interesting but it's you know that concept of it's the whole experience from start to finish you know what can you do and that's kind of like disney too you know disney yeah much like that it like from the second you get out of the parking structure into the the little train, you know, that's going to take you on a 10 minute trip, even to get to the place where you get your tickets, the whole thing is starting at that point, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. So I have a rule. I'm like, with, especially with the roamers in line, I go, you do not go near the box office. Their experience starts after they paid <laughs> because if they go up there and they start messing with the box office line, people are going to get scared and go home. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it happen, you know, but the first year I did the haunts, the very, very first year I had the chainsaw room first. Cause that's what I knew. I worked in it. You know, even though I ran it, I and owned it. I, I worked in it. So I had the chainsaw room first. What was I doing? I was scaring kids out the front door who didn't want to go through and then wanted their money back. I'm like, well, from now on forever and ever and ever, it's the last room that scares people out the door, you yeah. know? Um, so you can learn those types of little things, but yeah, I'm like, don't go near the box office, please. <laughs> and then second day, they're on their way down. They're all fair game from start to finish. And, you know, I'll see them like chasing people to the parking lot, at least, you know, scaring, you know, scaring those guys and finishing it off. And, you know, when you mentioned social media, it made me think of it too, the whole experience. I and mean, we've got a lot of areas where people can stop and get pictures and to share on Snapchat right, right, and all, right. all that. You know, let let them do some of my marketing legwork for me too. Um, yeah. That's that's a pretty simple, easy, powerful thing at sure. the end of it. Um, yeah, there's a line to get to get your picture in front of the big clown thing and all that good stuff. So right, right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, ending that, the experience there. Yeah, that's that's super valuable, Ryan. Uh, this is really like for me. This was super interesting. I really, you know, I really enjoyed oh, cool. it. And uh, y- you really explain it well and clearly like have a big passion for it. And I appreciate, I really, for me, I really appreciate that in when people do things that, you know, they have a passion for, they, you know, they really think about it, you know, and I, I, I'm sure your customers do appreciate it, you know, that they know like, Hey, this guy all year long sits around and thinks about how to make it not, how do I make more money this year, but how do I make this thing Care more of you, you know, like that you put effort into it, you know. Um, I think that's really awesome. Super interesting uh, information. I really enjoyed it. I can't thank you enough for uh, taking your time to be on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. It's fun to talk about it, you know, in a positive light as opposed to why am I going to be closed down in 2020 kind of thing. So, (laughs) you know, it's kind of re energizing me as well. Yeah, let's get fired up to everybody's ready. Like I said, we're all ready to to get this thing cranking and, uh, and go have some more fun for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll see you. So, uh, people, if you're listening and you are in the Cleveland, you know, Northern Ohio area over there, um, I'm sure people come from out of state, you know, it's probably Mm -hmm. not, you know, I mean, you're three and a half hours maybe from Pittsburgh and, you know, I mean, about an hour and a half or so from Pittsburgh where we're at. 
Even yeah. Not. So yeah, I mean, people come from all over. So anybody out there, make sure in 2021, as we roll into October that you're checking out uh, this haunted house, uh, give us all the info one more time, the name, website address, all that good stuff. So oh, yeah. stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, show notes. Yeah, it's, it's uh, called the carnival of horrors and uh, websites, carnival of horrors.com. You know, it's got a, lot of cool information about you know each one of the you know individual events you know videos information you know it pretty much explain everything about the haunted house and we kind of just say look if you're not into being scared go somewhere else you know i mean i'll be straight up honest with with you so that's um, yeah all that information there uh, look i'll be honest i mean that's it because i don't like just like you said before i don't want somebody complaining to me that i scared them too bad i'm like uh, should I say sorry or you're welcome? I'm not sure the answer to that question. <laughs> but, right, right. but yeah, it's Carnival Horse. We're located at Blossom Music Center. Um, you know, it's in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, right. but it's right in Cleveland, Northeast Ohio area. So like I said, you've been there. Yeah, so, cool. been there, seen some shows. All awesome. right. Thank you so much, Ryan. We will talk to you soon. Awesome, Danny. Appreciate it, man. All right, so here's three takeaways from my interview with Ryan. Number one, you got to have a passion for what you do. It's so much easier to put the time and effort into your business if it's something that you really like or you really love. Number two is that details really do matter. And number three, and I think this might be the important one that you can walk away from and really think about, which is when does your experience in your business start or stop? And I don't mean your personal level of experience. I mean the customer experience. At what point does the customer experience start for you and where does it end? Does it really start the minute that they hit your website for the very first time and it lasts all the way through that transaction, but maybe doesn't even end at that transaction. It ends after the follow-up after that transaction. You know, when they pull in the parking lot, the experience starts there potentially. And you really have to think all those things through and also think about how can you maximize that entire experience to grow your business. All right, guys, that's it for our episode with Ryan from Carnival of Horrors. Make sure you go over and check out his website. His website's really good. And there's some great videos, a lot of great customer testimonials on there uh, and testimonials from the press, I should say. So uh, definitely some lessons to be learned from a marketing standpoint over there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week for another episode of Punk Rock Business School. Later.